This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Hi, my name is Morgan Shimmy. I run acquisition and retention marketing for HP.com. And what I love about retail is the constant evolution that technology brings about in how I do my job and how we execute. At CES 2020, Hewlett Packard unleashed next generation computing innovations to enable more freedom to work, live, and play, including the newest PCs, displays, and accessories. I'm Mark Rako, and I and my guest host, Joe Yakwell, CEO of Agency Within, sat down with Morgan Shimmy, Director of Marketing CRM at HP, to talk about how HP is working to create technology that makes life better for everyone everywhere, every person, every organization, and every community around the globe, and how they're aiming that vision at a changing commerce landscape. Recorded on location at CES 2020 in Las Vegas. You're listening to Retail is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the retail industry. Recorded on location. Hey, everybody. I'm Mark Rako, and I'm here with uh, my incredible guest host, Joe Yakwell. He's the CEO of Agency Within. How you doing, Joe? Doing great. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. And uh, by the way, uh, I understand you have your own podcast now. Yes. Is that right? What is that? It's and called Step Function. It's uh, not launched just yet, but um, we're just doing some preliminary recordings of a few episodes and uh, should be launching in the next few months. So really excited about it and uh, just working and talking with business leaders, typically C-suite that, you know, walking us through the journeys at the companies that they're at now. So um, should be fun. Fantastic. Thank you very much. We're here, of course, with Morgan. Welcome to the show, Morgan. Thanks a lot for taking time out of your extremely dense CES schedule. I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt that it's extremely dense. It's dense. <laughs> but uh, but I appreciate you guys taking the time out to chat with me. It's uh, great to be able to spend time with two such significant thought leaders. Are they coming? <laughs> <laughs> okay. There are a lot of big names here. Seeing everything from Sharp to Samsung to Roland to Hello Kitty. Are you guys exhibiting these big giant TVs? Are you... you, you I guess my question is this, what's important to you here at CES? Is it about being amongst these other big names? So I think for me, um, you know, certainly having HP putting on display our newer technology is certainly a, a component of it. But I think for me, it's really around, um, this is the amount of thought leadership that converges on Las Vegas for what's inevitably too long um, is is absolutely incredible. And it's not just domestic thought leaders, it's global thought leaders, um, you know, and whether it's on the agency side of the business or, um, you know, on the brand side of the business um, or just digital strategy in between, you know, there's a lot of people who are independent consultants who are thought leaders. Um, I think for me, it's the convergence of talent. And, um, you know, there's a lot of events where you have, you know, dinner and you sit next to somebody and it ends up being a two hour conversation about, privacy or about, um, you know, automated technology and how it's um, changing the way that people think and make decisions. Um, and so for me, I think a lot of it is actually just the communication with other industry peers. Awesome. And and I know um, when me and you were chatting last, you were telling me a little bit about 
um, kind of how HP thinks about going to market and whether it's with new technology um, or maybe older product lines. How do you think about the kind of dichotomy between how you speak to and transact with your consumers directly versus leveraging whether it's retail partners or marketplaces like Amazon? Um, is it about product line where you say, hey, you know what, if it's the newest of the new, we're only going to sell it direct? Or do you take the approach of you want to sell everything everywhere? Um, you know, How does product selection mix with channel? Yeah, I mean, I think we really want to make sure that we're delivering the right experience to the consumer based on their preferences. And so, you know, if I'm catering towards a, a small to medium sized business, then, you know, direct might be an option. But that customer might have an established rapport with the CDW, for example. And if they want to go to CDW to purchase, awesome. We want to make sure that we're enabling that um, with the right level of product detail, um, the right price point, and overall the right servicing to uh, to satisfy that client's needs. Um, and then you can go, you know, so that's the consumer and, and where they are. But then you can kind of filter that down even to like device type. You know, there are people who really love dealing with like voice technology. Um, it was odd when I checked into the uh, to the win. Um, I walked into the room and I was like pleasantly delighted to see an Alexa in there. And it was like the whole room's white. You've got the the white Alexa in there and it's playing a win has their own um, branded uh, audio station where they just play, you know, music that's been curated and cultivated by win. And, you know, so for me, I think like that's great. I love voice. And so as a consumer, I want to make sure that I'm dealing with brands that understand voice and are integrating voice into their products um, and, you know, enable a, a frictionless purchase pattern. Um, and so that, that's an area where HP is collaborating with, you know, with, with both Google and Amazon. Um, we do some really cool things with some of our newer printers where you can tell your Alexa, um, hey, Alexa, print coloring pages because I need to keep the kids entertained for 20 minutes. And Alexa will talk to your HP printer and we'll go ahead and print coloring pages. That's um, cool. For them I to can go use ahead. that for my kid. Yeah, and they can run down and pull them right off of the printer. You know what I mean? And so it's really phenomenal in that That's capacity. awesome. I'll try that. I have an HP um, printer, so I can try that. Good, good. Let me know how it works. We can we can do a follow up. We can do a follow up podcast on that. So you know, there's things like that. There's things like um, you know, when your printer is low on ink, um, you know, the ring around the top of your Alexa kind of indicating that your your printer might be low on ink, or the screen on your Google Home having a little message that says, "Hey, your printer is at twenty um, percent of ink capacity." Like, how great will it be when that's here and you can just say, "Okay, Google, reorder me HP ink," and you know, it's a frictionless process whereby Google talks to HP. Um, you know, Google probably at some point has picked up your card details from your Google wallet, whatever the case may be, and we can make that a seamless process. And so you tell Google you need to re-up and, you know, within 24 to 48 hours, you've got your ink at your doorstep. And so those types of things, um, you know, it, it's really about um, just ensuring that we, we understand our customers and their need states and that we're evolving. Um, because I think if you look at the last... I remember when the iPhone came out and you look at like what's changed over the last 10 years since the iPhone came out. It, I mean, technology has been revolutionized. How the customer interacts with brands has been revolutionized. Um, how brands have to go to market um, has been revolutionized. And so it's a really, it's an exciting time and I'm privileged to work at a really forward thinking company and, uh, you know, a company that takes all these different components into our product innovation um, and uh, our go-to-market strategy with customers. So it sounds like your approach to, to kind of channel distribution is pretty agnostic, right? Like you mentioned, yeah. if you're going to go to CDW, great. If you're going to go to Amazon or direct, all great. 
Do you think that that's the right strategy specifically to HP or specifically to your industry or really across the board? Because you see brands like Nike, for example, went into it, pulled out of it. You see brands that are scared to even go into it in the first place or saying, you know what? We'll design a custom line just for Amazon, um, but your approach is different. You know, how do you think about where that applies and where it doesn't? Yeah, I mean, so I think there are. So I'm focused mainly on the consumer side of the the HP house, and so it's really you know that that college student who's looking for a new laptop, um, that parent who's looking for a touchscreen for their six year old so they can have their first real interaction with with computers and with technology outside of an iPad or whatever the case may be. Now we do have different lines of business. So for example, our 3D printing business. Chances are you're not going to go online and maybe you'll get some information about 3D printing, but you really want to talk to somebody at HP. You want to have them come by and tell you about 3D printing and how it can um, take your business to the next level, um, reduce cost, so on and so forth. So in that instance, you know, you're going to want to deal directly with the, the appropriate subject matter at HP. If you're a, a hospital and you're buying for, you know, you need um, technology for your hospital, whether it's um, the, the screens that, for example, a hospital would use to look at it, uh, imaging that had come back. It's really high-grade detail. Um, and so, you know, the hospital is going to potentially want to talk to somebody at HP or at one of our channel partners and get very detailed. So I don't know if we're totally agnostic in our go-to-market strategy. I think for a lot of the consumer devices um, and some of our small business offerings, you know, we want to make sure that you've got good coverage and can get that wherever you need it. If you've got a more specialized need, we want to make sure that we're catering, catering towards those more specialized needs with the right level of product information on the site um, or, you know, in print assets that go out um, or having access to subject matter experts that can kind of guide you through the decision-making process and make sure that um, the HP products are appropriately fulfilling your needs um, and, uh, you know, you're not overbuying or, or underbuying technology. And are you, speaking of the, kind of the, that communication, are you playing around with things like, you know, Facebook Messenger, chat bots, or things like that beyond just like normal live chat or customer call centers? Yeah, I mean, certainly um, we've done some really interesting uh, experiments with, uh, with Facebook Messenger um, such that you can actually reorder supplies. For example, via Facebook Messenger, we've got kind of a small beta that we're doing with them right now. And so, uh, you know, obviously we're spending a lot more time um, if you were to take a look at um, – you know, the use of, of AI um, and bots as it pertains to a customer service mechanism. Um, you know, we're certainly taking a closer look at that. More often than not, some of the customer service requests that come in, it's something like a customer wanting to find their package. And that's something where with technology, we can go ahead and have a bot get you that answer with right then and there. Human, yeah. Exactly. And it's it's more efficient for the end customer. It's more efficient for us. Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously, if you're interacting with a bot and it's something where you actually need to talk to somebody, we want to make sure that we're able to get you in touch with somebody quickly, as, as, yeah. as quick as possible. So I think it's a hybrid, um, you know, around decision-making technology. Um, you know, there's instances where the technology can be self-supporting and take care of the whole need. And then, you know, if, if they need to deal with a live consumer or a live customer service rep, um, you know, being able to go ahead and make those types of decisions in real time. Um, that's, that's kind of where we're focused right now. Um, you know, there's a lot of focus, I think in the industry as a whole around, um, leveraging technology, um, and leveraging AI and machine learning in, in a, the right way and in a responsible way. Um, I, I don't think it's a panacea. I don't think it's a one size fits all. How much of integrating that kind of technology points to reducing friction 
versus uh, um, opening up the opportunity for uh, um, additional sales, uh, you know, uh, autom- an automated um, se- selling suggestion. I'm not stating this. No, I, I appreciate A sales process yeah. that has automation built into it. No, I mean, I think, look, uh, certainly we're, uh, you know, we are here to, um, we're here to take care of customer needs, but we also have shareholders and we need to deliver on their expectations as well. Um, you know, and I think, I think making things frictionless based on what customer expectations are these days. There's this rant, I forget, one of the comedians does it about, um, he's on the plane and, and the Wi-Fi is not working. <laughs> and it's, it's a really great rant. The guy's, you know, the, the guy's sitting next to him on the plane. He's getting frustrated. The, the Wi-Fi on the plane's not working and this is ridiculous. And, and the comedian's like, you realize they have to send that signal to a satellite in outer space and bounce it back down to a plane moving 500 miles an hour. But I think it's a really, um, it's a really, poignant statement on on where we are and where consumer expectations are these days recently where the wi-fi wasn't working (laughs) and i was annoyed and then i thought to myself i was like it was a little different way of thinking about the same thing where i was just like five years ago like there wasn't any wi-fi in the plane and then like three years ago like if you got wi-fi on the plane you were like oh i have one of these new planes wi-fi now when there's no wi-fi on the plane you're like what happened you know, like, why is this not working? Epic fail. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Now, like, consumer expectations change so fast. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter yeah, yeah. what was there a year ago. It's know? so true. But I think technology has enabled us and other brands to be able to better deliver on consumer expectations. Um, but you've got to have re- really smart people on the back end making sure that that technology is being deployed correctly. Because um, sometimes if you don't do it well, you know, you can end up creating more work for yourself or some kind of a PR nightmare. Yeah, no, it makes sense. So one of the things that um, that I also wanted to dig into was about how you guys think about working with agencies or partners in general to deliver on these consumer expectations, to deliver on these kind of channel diversification needs. Um, we, we've been really leaning into this kind of movement to in-housing with some of the brands that we work with. We just, we just announced some press recently with Shake Shack doing something right along those lines uh, and really trying to navigate these hybrid models of, hey, you want to have some control, you want to have some expertise in-house, but you also have certain needs that you know, maybe make more sense with an external expert or be able to flex up and down. So there's that kind of dynamic between subject matter expertise, flexibility and and control or fiduciary responsibility, if you want to add that in there too. Um, how do you guys think about that and how do you navigate that today? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. Um, I think, you know, and there's, there's certainly companies like Unilever that have kind of taken big steps in this direction. There's companies that are rumored to be making big steps in this direction, you know, the targets and the Uber of the world. Um, you know, we brought our CRM program, our email program in, in um, the Americas in-house uh, about two and a half years ago. And it was our first real significant in-housing effort. And it represented, you know, significant cost savings um, and a significant increase in overall efficiency. Um, and, you know, the, how quickly we're able to do things now versus sending an email to the agency to do something that we could just as well do ourselves. Um, and I also feel like the level of ownership and accountability when you're doing it yourself from soup to nuts. Um, and that's, that's, that's email, right? But that's not going to work in all instances. If you think about like traditional media buying TV spots, like that's really tough for a company to do themselves. Right. Email is one where I would say like most brands are, have, have been in-house for a long time where some of these other ones are yeah. a little bit more kind of subject matter. Some of the stuff is more challenging. I mean, you could like 
search, arguably, probably relatively easy to bring in-house. Um, things like display, there's a lot of nuance. Um, you know, and so it, it is challenging. I would say we're probably more of that hybrid model where we do certain things in-house. And, um, you know, we still leverage agencies for, for quite a few pieces of things. Um, HP has publicly indicated that we are bringing a lot more of our media in-house. And so I work with a chap by the name of Freddie, who's headed up the uh, the in-housing efforts. Uh, so if anybody's looking for looking for a gig at HP and wants to live in San Diego, uh, reach out to me. You can find me on LinkedIn, and I'll put you in touch with Freddie. Um, but uh, but I think realistically, um, more and more of our business is probably going to be in-house over time. Um, and I think it's. Uh, we still leverage external uh, agencies and we'll continue to leverage external agencies. There are certain areas, CCPA, for example, where we're going to consistently need guidance. I mean, the laws in not just in California, but the federal laws are consistently going to be changing. And there's companies and that consistently ambiguous, <laughs> consistently changing and consistently ambiguous. Exactly. But we're going to want to deal with best in class agencies that can help us interpret um, those laws and help us figure out how to best follow those laws and put things in effect uh, in a capacity that, um, you know, we're doing the right thing on a legal lens, but we're also doing the right thing uh, on the side of the, the consumer um, and so, you know, I think there's there's the agency model will continue to be pervasive. Um, I think more and more companies are just going to continue to bring things in house where it makes financial sense and where there's increasing levels of accountability. And I think because of a lot of the legal components that are starting off here with CCPA and, you know, increasingly in the future, um, there's going to have to be more accountability on both sides of the fence, the agency side and the brand side. So one of the things that um, we work on a lot with our clients is attribution and, and lifetime value analysis and then how that interplays with these channels and, and you know whether or not it makes sense to spend the money here or there. And when you're running these hybrid models, you have different teams or different agencies working across different channels. How do you guys reconcile with the challenge of attribution and understanding what you really want to spend where based on the actual value it's bringing to the table um, since it's not all running out of the same kind of group? Yeah, I mean, last click was certainly a lot easier. Remember that back in the day. <laughs> um, the uh, you know we we kind of historically are very transparent with our partners. Um, you know, uh, our partners have uh, access to uh, predefined Tableau views where they can get a view of how you know the the traffic that they're sending us, the impressions that they're sending us, um, is performing overall in a post attributed view. Um, and you know, I've got an incredibly talented team that I work alongside, um, some really best in class marketers, um, that, that play well with one another. Um, and so, you know, internally there's really good comms between team members and we shift budget accordingly, um, based upon where we're seeing pockets of success and where there's opportunities to scale. Um, you know, HP is a company that I think we seize opportunity, uh, chatting with a chap at Google and he mentioned another consumer electronics brand that'll remain nameless, but he said, for their holidays, they had a budget. And when they hit their budget, that was it. They stopped spending. And I think HP's mindset is like, if there's opportunity to drive profitable sales, then then spend. Um, and so I think um, with that mindset and with the appropriate um, level of attribution that the business is behind and that everybody trusts, um, I think that's a big piece of it as well is getting everybody to align on the attribution model. Um, because, you know, well, should we value view throughs at 15% or at 10% or at 30%? Like you really need all the stakeholders to be bought in. Um, but then you need a, a level of a trust and guiding principles handed down from the 
you know, the senior levels of the business uh, to make sure you're making the right investment decisions for the long-term health of the business. Um, so for us, I think a lot of the success we see with attribution is actually through being relatively transparent with our partners. And we're fortunate that a lot of the agencies that we work with, we've worked with, um, we've got Nick Swan on my team at Performix, and uh, he's been on our business for four or five years. And him and the team there, know our, they know our search business incredibly well. Um, and year on year, they continue to drive increased efficiency, even with as competitive as things are, even with how quickly the search landscape continues to evolve. Yeah, I think it's just having the, the right level of transparency and the right partners um, and them understanding how to ingest that data is the other part. I had an old mentor and he told me that we hire analysts and teach them marketing versus hiring marketers and teach them analytics. And even hearing you speak, Joe, I feel like that some of your team is kind of cut from that same loin. Yeah, we literally do the exact same thing. Our whole mindset is we want to bring in people who are data-driven, who are intellectually curious, who can then become really good marketers. And we, we train them up because I think it's really hard to find people that also are cross-channel. And a big part of the way that we think about our go-to-market strategy is that we want our people to be touching all the different channels within a particular business versus touching one channel across many businesses. So we structure our teams like an internal one, uh, really, because that's my background coming from the client side. So, so yeah, I couldn't agree more. Is there anything in particular that's top of mind for you for 2020? Um, I mean, I think for 2020, we've, uh, you know, we've got an incredible product line that we're really proud of. Um, we're showing off a lot of the stuff here at CES. Um, you know, I think for us, um, you know, there's obviously limited insofar as what types of information I can give away on a public podcast. But um, oh, come on, you know, I, I think you know we're going to continue to focus um, on on growth, uh, thinking more kind of holistically about the customer, about LTV, um, putting a lot more focus and effort into. Um, the user experience side of the house. How can we? We're, we're HP is really good at, at driving conversion. I have no doubt about it. Um, but I think there's always opportunities to improve the consumer experience, and whether that's me looking at you know our own site or me looking at a partner site or hey me even looking at Nike, although they're far beyond what they were. I mean, Nike's done incredible work in like their direct to consumer business, but um, you know there's there's always opportunities because consumers are changing. TikTok wasn't a thing yeah. two years ago yeah. and now brands are having to figure out how to how to leverage that technology and um you know so i think for us just continuing to focus on on ux and delivering the best possible user experience i know you haven't completely walked the entire show yet here but how does coming to something like ces or, or other significant conferences or trade shows inspire you into what's possible for strategic partnerships and getting ahead of opportunity as opposed to just meeting it yeah, I mean, I think for, for us and for most other technology companies, you know, we're not designing for three months down the road. We're designing for three years down the road. So who are the technology partners that we can see today and figure out how to integrate them into our product line in the future? Um, and so I think we've got a recent innovation um, with some of our newer technology where we're integrating Tile directly, oh, into, cool. directly into the PC. It's a phenomenal product. And so, like, those are the kinds of things. And, like, Tile's been around for a little while, obviously, but figuring out how to integrate them into the platform takes a little bit of work. And so, for me, it's seeing some different vendors in the space and thinking about, hey, how could integrating them into an HP product improve the overall consumer experience? Um, you know, and so those are the kinds of things that I'm, I'm hopeful to find at CES. It's early in the day and CES can be a little bit overwhelming, but um, that's what I've got my eyes on. All right. Let's close it out with one question. Favorite HP product available right now? Huh. I happen to have one right here, which unfortunately the, uh, the this is uh, 
this is our our dragonfly um and it is it's an incredible product um it's a 13 inch pc uh it boasts uh i want to say 20 plus don't quote me but 20 plus hour battery life um it is incredible um it's available in this blue color uh it's a dragonfly color it's actually uh this is created using um reclaimed um ocean plastics so really doing cool stuff and you know like it goes back to understanding the customers and what's important to customers and doing things like how do we recycle products um and how do we make products that are environmentally sustainable um so developing best-in-class products that you know enable people to get things done um and you know don't have a negative environmental impact awesome so yeah sweet well thank you so much for uh for joining us today absolutely thank you guys for your time all right uh morgan shimmy uh the director of marketing crm for hp uh so appreciate you taking time from uh, cs to join us and wish you the best of luck uh and that's it for this episode of retail is your business for my guest host joe yakwell of agency within uh thanks man thank you thanks for having me All right. That's it. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. This has been Retail is Your Business. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2020. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect.